borrowed time, the clock ticks faster. Living off borrowed time, the clock ticks faster. Hello everyone. It's another another intro by Caleb this week. Your your host for this week's Living Off Borrowed Time podcast. Patrick is not here once again, but this is a very special episode because I've got a friend of mine on here, Tristan, a.k.a. Uh, Dynamic Desperado on RYM. We're going to be talking about some sports. We're going to do a general episode this week. We haven't done a general episode in a long time, and I'm looking forward to it because I, I feel like this is kind of like our live music episode from a few months ago where... We had um, talking about you know how how is live music now changed and now we're not going to have live music for a long time because of the you know dystopian uh, coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> so now we've got now we've got you know no um, we're getting live sports back. That's kind of why I'm bringing this up. But we've got no fans in attendance at all these uh, games and. Fans are a big part of sports, obviously, as they are a big part of any live entertainment. And, but the sports leagues are going on. You know, coronavirus is still, uh, you know, ravaging its way across North America, specifically the United States, because, as you know, we can't do anything right. Nope. Um, sports have been back in in Europe and some other countries for for months now, and they've been doing it safely, doing it well. But here. We've got four main professional sports leagues in America, plus a few others that are coming back. And there's so far varying levels of success in how each of these leagues are handling it. Um, but before we get into that, Tristan, I want to ask you, yeah. do, you think, do you think it's smart for sports, at least in this country, to be coming back now that we're still in the second wave of the coronavirus in, in North America? Well, I mean... It depends what they want to do and depends how they isolate themselves. As we'll get into, um, uh, two of the major sports leagues have decided not to isolate themselves. And one of them has started playing with very varying levels of success, depending on uh, where they're playing. And um, one has decided not to isolate at all. And even think, they might even think about... Um, opening back up to fans and they all have to wear face masks in attendance and anything that involves fans is too much of a liability right now even a year out from now it'd be like really risky to do it because i don't even know if i have a vaccine uh device by that point i'm not even sure that public crowds or public events will go on for at least another year or two because this has changed the entire landscape of how public events work and to sort of just say, oh, we're going to have fans in attendance and we're going to just for a face mask on them can reduce the risk. But if you have stadiums that hold up to like 10,000 people, how is that not a huge concern? Especially if all the foods, the, sorry, the food and entertainment there. I, I, I just can't see it working in terms of fans. If you had it televised within a bubble and all the athletes were able to isolate themselves in sort of like a couple major areas that were largely unaffected. So if they moved to Montana for no reason or like they went up North Canada, then they would probably be okay um, in terms of not catching the coronavirus. But 
you have to really isolate yourselves in order to make this work. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I think you brought up the the best point. Like, you know, some of these some of these leagues probably, you know, I mean, I know we'll, we'll get into it later, but you know, the NBA moved their uh, moved themselves, and they're going to be locating in in Orlando and uh, ESPNs and Disney's like Wired World of Sports complex, right? Which is ordinarily a pretty cool setting. They have like some exhibition games there sometimes. Like, it's a very like summer league vibe. It gives you like that kind of like exhibition. Um, you know, carefree vibe, but this is not a normal setting. You know, you're moving to Florida, which has been one of the states that's botched the response to the coronavirus the most in the United States, which says something considering the amount of uh, mishandling that has gone on since the pandemic started versus if you move somewhere like Montana, North Dakota, you know, Idaho, et cetera, where there's just no fucking people there, (laughs) (laughs) then then you could really, uh, you know, you could really make this thing work but you know even in a bubble there's still going to be exceptions so i think you bring up a great point and going forward with fans i mean you know we talked about this in the live music episode to refer back to that like who knows when fans are going to come back in these sporting events at all if i i mean i am a you know big sports fan have been since i was a young kid you know i like going to live sports um, I haven't been to too many live sporting events, depending on the sport, but I've been in my, a lot of baseball games, you know, a bunch of basketball games, obviously have covered them for years just as being a journalist. But, um, you know, I think it's interesting that like, you know, I'd be scared to go cover a sporting event right now with no fans, yeah. much less be a fan in, you know, six months or a year or even 18 months and, you know, go back into these stadiums where, I mean, you said 10,000, and that's true for a lot of, like, you know, basketball stadiums and stuff. But you talk about football stadiums, I mean... Football know, stadiums are up to, like, 100,000 yeah. sometimes, aren't they? Right. I mean, well, you know, uh, college football especially, they're, uh, you know, college football stadiums, there are a bunch of them that clear 80, 90K. You know, the biggest ones in the country, you can fit, like, 112,000 people in, and you're packed in, you know, there. Now, that won't happen this year. But even next year, 112,000 people packed in. If we don't have like, you know, if if we don't have a vaccine that's going through multiple different um, cycles in terms of like we know what the side effects are and all this and all that, and it's actually effective. It's like an actual flu shot, which the likelihood of getting that in what you know, tw- 14 months is pretty slim, right? The the, the likability, the likelihood of getting it within five years might be pretty slim too. Right, it's a lot longer than just in the next year or two. Yeah, that's right. And I'm not. I think everyone has tried. I think everyone is trying to be a public health expert now these days with just, you know, everything going on. But you know, I think part of, you know, eliminating a you know a global pandemic has been to take the proper steps and not have fans in attendance, and we've seen that. In in other um, you know in other countries, I mean you know uh, you're obviously from Canada. You guys have um, you know been very strict about that. Yeah. Um, you know we talked. Just, I mean a few weeks ago we had uh, you know Brent, aka Trout Mask, on the pod. Shout out to him, and Shout he was out. talking about how everyone's been, you know, everyone in Canada has been you know very militant and following all the correct procedures and social distancing and not you know exercising common sense essentially. Um, Rel- relatively, yeah. Relative. Um, where is yeah. he from? 
I, you know, he, he told us and I'm blanking on where he's from. Um, I think he's, I want to say he's from like, he's not from like, you know, the Toronto area. He's closer to like the middle. I think, although he's, he's three hours, uh, he's three hours behind. So he's got to be Western Canada. Right. So Western Canada's done really well in terms of that. Ontario has as well, but not so much. However, uh, today we did record uh, the first cases as of a recording on July 29th. Um, we did record the first uh, daily new cases being under 100 today. So congrats. That is, that's, got, that's big news. We got them. How is, um, you know, how is the perception about, you know, public health and stuff in, in Canada? Because obviously, as you know, just <laughs> by following North American media, um, you know, the United States is not exactly crushing it when it comes to um, anything in relation to public health. And I think sports will play a part into that. Yeah. Uh, Canada has been pretty diligent in following most of it. I think it's sort of like because Canadians are definitely a lot less more social than the Americans. Mm-hmm. So if there was like a huge anti-mask movement or a coronavirus is a hoax, then you wouldn't necessarily hear about it because Canadian people are like, they're not quite as reserved as like, say like people from like the Norways of the world or like Mm -hmm. the Slavic countries, but like they're pretty reserved. So like, I think people are just following it. Okay. Because they just want it to be over. I think there has been some lapses of people kind of going outside and hanging their friends, but every daily case now in Canada is like every province is, under 200 cases a day so the likelihood of you getting it is slimmer than it used to be I, you should still exercise caution but i think people are wearing masks pretty well and we opened back up businesses and i'm pretty sure most businesses require you to wear masks as you enter in the store or whatever it is mm-hmm. well we've i mean we've done that over here but obviously you know not in all places <laughs> and obviously there are plenty of people who uh, have taken masks and safety precautions and washing your hands to be optional. So right. uh, well, when you have a president that doesn't really take it that seriously, then like it definitely reflects on the rest of, rest of the nation too. It, it definitely know? does. Even for you know a nation as intelligent as America. Oh, very uh, smart. Yeah, very smart. Uh, we <laughs> we are essentially this the the, the subreddit r slash I am very smart. Um, uh, you how how do you even walk for that big brain the fucking big brain in your head you just my, giant uh, ass heads our our brain we're basically just like beavis and butthead ass like heads yeah. essentially we just walk we hit it we hit our heads on the doors all the time you're like yeah. you're like um the other country's knocking the door it's like where do you work out and the united states always answers at the library and then they <laughs> walk out with their giant ass forehead it's very smart <laughs> Well, we've all, we, speaking of working out, you know, we've opened up gyms, so plenty of uh, plenty of places to get the coronavirus while you're doing your uh, you're doing your squats. Um, I got a rep three hundred a day. Fuck the corona. Fuck, fuck the corona, man. No, I like I like gyms, but I am not going near a gym for years. I'm telling you. Nope. But yeah, but yeah. I guess you know, and as it relates to the perception. Um, you know, of sports, um, sports coming back, I think this soon was inevitable because 
there's been such a push for that because something like this has never happened before where there's been, you know, all major sports leagues, you know, across the world, but really here because America is still the sports epicenter of the world in terms of revenue and dollars and all that. I think the only leagues that really come close is probably, you know, English Premier League and, you know, in, mm-hmm. uh, you know European football and maybe, you know, I'm trying to think of some other sports that could even compare, but in terms of the revenue and the dollars, tennis probably overseas, but that's um, wrestling, depending on how much you got paid for pay-per-view, wrestling True. or boxing. True. I mean, MMA is, is a big international sport, but really it's most of the big events are in North America. That's right. Uh, yeah. As well. So even still like MMA was put on hold for a bit. Um, they, they, they ended up just, you know, having it in other places because Dana White was like, the fuck is this virus? And he just put, he's like, we're just going to fight and we're going to have, uh, we're going to have our commentators there. And Joe Rogan's going to sit six feet away from, uh, you know, these other, uh, Daniel Cormier. So that's, that's how that's going to work. Did they, um, did they buy a private Island after all? Or like, what's the deal with the wrestling? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't. I am not as up to date on wrestling and combat sports as I should be. Um, I know they like. Didn't they like? I thought they were gonna like go to um, like South America or something like to to do an event. Um, I know because I know MMA's done stuff in South America and shit, and like they've gone way overseas, like to New Zealand or whatever, and like just random places. Um, but I don't know about the private island thing. Although, if there's anyone that would buy a private island, it would be Dana White or or Vince McMahon. If we're talking uh, that stuff, but I don't know about that's something we probably have to ask other people around us who know more about wrestling than we do. Right. Yeah. But they would know. I'm, I wouldn't put it past any ownership group of in any sport to do whatever they can to get these sports running. But I do think sports coming back was inevitable because of the the, t- the television too i mean yeah because a lot of them have television rights that have to do be right and and the tv deals are worth so much money that they can still kind of overcompensate for the for losing all the, the revenue from fans and concessions and shit if they can get these massive tv deals back in place you know right which is exactly what has been happening with baseball which is i guess where we can start if right. you want to talk um, about the baseball, because it, it's back now, and it's the it, first <laughs> It's back. It is back, uh, and there's already been... It's been back for a week, and there's already been some, some controversy. <laughs> it's um, back. Um, uh, every team minus one is back. Yeah. Minus one. Uh, I don't understand how they even got a season going forward. Um, I know they had... They were uh, bargaining on the table, and the players wanted a longer season, and the owners were like, nope, we want 40 to 50 games. And um, players were like, nope, we're not going to get paid enough then. And then the owners were like, uh, fuck you, you're playing 60 games, you have to go now. And um, pretty much, and the owners and the players, I don't know if the players decided it, but like, the owners definitely decided that you weren't going to play in a bubble, uh, you're going to travel, you're just going to have an extended stay, and um, that has caused the Miami Marlins to, uh, I think 
maybe your entire squad to uh, catch the COVID virus, and games have already been postponed there, and that looks real bad. That looks real bad. Um, real bad. Yeah, and because of the not bubble thing, Toronto now has to play their games in Buffalo, because the Canadian government was like, nope, you're not coming in then. If you can't be in a bubble, you're not coming in. Yeah, I think, so baseball did it where, and, and you're right about the owners thing. So the owners essentially for, for a month straight, if not longer, uh, negotiated in bad faith. Um, they, they, uh, they negotiated in pretty bad faith. Like they countered, like the yeah. players had an offer and then the MLB was like, actually, here's a worse offer. And they were like, nope. And they were like, here's a worse offer. And then they were, right. they were like, nope. And then, and then owners were like, okay, here's a slightly worse offer, but you actually have to do it or else. And they got the, the the owners also got the. Um, it was interesting because the media was pretty divisive on it, like the baseball media. Like a lot of people were siding with the players, and but there were some people that were like, "We just want baseball, so we'll like you know get mad the players aren't agreeing." But some of that has got to be the owners definitely spinning the old like you know machine there, and just the thing with the owners in in, in baseball and any sport is that we have long known that owners in sports especially you know north american sports really don't give a crap about you know their players and that <laughs> football <laughs> oh i mean most most evident in football i mean they give them you know bad contracts they you know have non-guaranteed money if you get hurt yep. you know it's a lot of it's a lot of bullshit but in baseball there's been a lot of over the years i mean you know over the years over decades there's been a lot of um labor disputes between players and owners as it goes back you know decades and decades and decades probably all it goes the way back, back to the 90s where they had the strike and the, the strike Kansas. which was yeah which i mean and it goes back really even farther than that because you know minor league players used to make even less than they do now which is still despicable by the way but now baseball's like cool we're just gonna like straight up eradicate like some of the minor leagues but yep. anyway um yeah, baseball owners, um, bad and not good is how I would describe baseball owners. Bad and not good, yeah, that's Bad true. and not good. Um, but baseball getting underway, I think the idea was it was okay. So you're, you're going to do – how baseball usually works is you play your division a shitload of times because there's a lot of games. And then yep. you just you know go around the country and you play the other teams. You, know, you probably have two series against a team on the other side of the country per year, right? You know, like like I'm a Dodgers fan. Okay, so the Dodgers would play, you know, the Mets twice a year. Once in their park, once in Los Angeles, right? Right. But now baseball's like, okay, we can't do that because of just the risk. So you're only going to travel short to intermediate distances. So you can only play teams in your division and teams in the division from the other league, but that division has to be on, like – in your same time zone or like no more than one over so right. like the american league east right has the yankees the red Sox, you know toronto baltimore and tampa bay but also they're gonna play the they're gonna play themselves a lot but they're also gonna play the national league east which is the mets in new york the nationals in dc the braves in atlanta the marlins in miami um play the Marlins, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, now no one's playing the Marlins right now, but and Philadelphia, the Phillies. So those are all within a general, you know, few hours, give or take. Toronto was the only leap, but now Toronto's in Buffalo because the Canadian government had some sort of a brain 
So Toronto and Toronto, by the way, before they got to play in Buffalo, um, was denied a bunch of other places where they could have played. They wanted to play in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh said, "Fuck you, you can't play here." That was essentially the the message. Um, so Toronto's in Buffalo, which makes sense. And so you're going from Buffalo to Miami. It's just down that one coast. And most of it is above, you know, it's D.C. and higher is most of it. So it's really, the travel's not that bad. But as we mentioned, it's anything but a bubble. So there are going to be problems. So when one team like the Marlins has like 13 guys get COVID or whatever the number was, and they play the Phillies, now, thankfully, I don't think anybody on the Phillies has COVID as of today. I know they ran a bunch of tests on them. I think the Phillies are all right. They might have a couple guys. I'm not sure about that. But I'm pretty, yeah. sure, I'm pretty sure Philadelphia is okay, thankfully. But Philadelphia opened their season against the Marlins. And in the third game of the year, they were like, oh, uh, everybody in the Marlins has COVID. Y'all can't play. But then the Phillies had already, you know, we're going to play another team. Next, or they were going to play, I believe they were going to play, um, I forget who was in their schedule, but I think they had a game against the Yankees coming up. Or <laughs> like, I'm, I'm looking at the Philly schedule right now, and they had, oh, it was, it was Toronto, it was, the, it was the Blue Jays. So that game nice. got, they had, no, they had two against the Yankees they were supposed to play yes, uh, yesterday and Monday. Those games got postponed, because the Marlins thing came out on, like, on Monday. Right. So the Phillies were already, I think, like... I think the Yankees might have already been in Philadelphia, and they were like, oh, no, 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 you guys can't play. So then everybody in the Yankees, I think, got tested, and then everybody in the Phillies got tested, and I think we're okay. But baseball, there's also no continuity um, because the people that are not playing in the game have to wear masks and everything. And, like, you know, like if you're in the dugout and I'm the manager, I have to wear a mask, right? But if I'm the pitcher... And I go back in the dugout, I don't have to wear a mask. Right. So it to me, that doesn't make any sense. Everybody who's in the dugout should have to wear a mask. And if you're on the field, you don't have to wear a mask. That's fine. Everybody's No, no, I get I understand yeah. that. Yeah. So I don't because everybody in baseball is already way away from each other as it is. You know, the only people that are close to each other are the catcher and the umpire, and the umpire is wearing a mask. So right. in theory, that could work. But once again, because it's baseball and, every, and the, the, owner, the commissioner is fucking stupid, <laughs> the rules have no continuity. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, that, that, um, I don't know what their quarantine period is for the baseball players either. I think it's, I think it's two weeks. Is it two weeks? Like, yeah. It's supposed to be? Okay. Because there have been some, actually, there have been some false positives that have come out. Like, uh... The Nationals in Washington, D.C., their best player tested positive right before the season started. So like, oh, shit, we got to shut them down for two weeks. They shut them down for two weeks, and then it was ruled that actually, sorry, guys, this was a false positive. So I think they're going to bring him back next week. Right. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that sucks. The whole I thing know, I, been, I know Tampa Bay. I know the Tampa Bay team. I don't know what they're called. Do you, do the, 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 the race. race? Okay. I know they had a bunch of positives before the season started i don't know if they have that anymore but again they're in florida so uh yikes oh big yikes and, and they're not even in the worst part of florida you know which is i mean because tampa bay is uh is on the toward the top part of the state not as high up as like um gainesville or something like when you're in basically alabama you're in really rural florida 
Right. It's not like the Panhandle, but you're still you're still up there um, in Tampa Bay. Right. But like as you go south, like Orlando is very bad. And Orlando is where the NBA is, as I mentioned. But um, right. yeah, I mean with baseball, I think everybody just has to. They could have what they should have done is after the Marlins tests come out, they should have shut down the season for for a little bit. They they should have at least put a stop to it. Right, I, give it like give it two weeks, and then reassess. Because like now you have empty games for the Marlins now. Right now, granted, the Marlins suck ass, so it's not like the Marlins are going to be out here winning games. But it's still. What, what do you mean they won? They 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 were two and one in their first three games. That means they'll be good <laughs> if you uh, ride that percentage the rest of the way. They'll make the playoffs. And, well, there is something to be said for the fact that baseball season is usually incredibly long, and what that does is. <laughs> And I'm no, but one of the things about baseball that I do like is that most bad teams are just bad. Like you can't really get lucky that much in baseball. No. You can get lucky in like in some parts of the season, but to make the playoffs in baseball, you usually have to be like a pretty damn good team because you play a million games, so you have to win like 90 out of your 162 to make the playoffs, which means your winning percentage has to be good. And don't you have to like and isn't it like Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it usually like less than like? Isn't it like ten teams or less that make the playoffs in total? Yeah. So typically, typically it's five teams from each league. So it's ten teams. <sighs> yeah. Man. Yeah, that'd so, be real hard then. Obviously, but this year, baseball was turning into hockey and basketball because it's sixteen teams. Sixteen teams instead of ten because it's a shortened season. I think they're trying out some new shit. Yeah. So you've got 16 teams in baseball. Um, it's going to be the top eight from each league instead of the top five. So there's going to be a couple of – there's probably going to be like two or three mid-teams that get in the playoffs. Uh, Blue Jays, uh, hello. Um, yeah. <laughs> hello, it's I the mean, Blue Jays. I mean, you're honestly right. Like the Blue Jays are probably going to get like the eighth seed in the American League and get fucking waxed by the Yankees. But actually – who knows? Because part of the baseball restart is like every playoff series is like best of three or something. Or at least the, the first round is best of three. In a best of three, there is all chance. There is like no – there is no like continuity in that. Like you, If you're a team like the Blue Jays and you get hot one game – so let's say if you're the Blue Jays, they have a good lineup, right? I mean they're young, but they have a good lineup. So let's say they're like – they get hot one game and they they hit the Yankees well, and they're up one nothing. Well, shit! All you have to do is win one out of the next two, and you can beat the number one team because it's a two out of three. You know what I mean? No, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not really an advantage for like the teams that are good the whole year. So this is the first baseball season where there's like really no advantage to being first versus like being fifth. Right. If they even finish the season, because if not, they finish the season, yeah. I'm not sure. And I'm not confident. That if will the happen. players weren't happy with that going forward, I doubt it gets finished. I mean, the players definitely want to play, but shit, if they stop the season, what are the owners going to do? Sorry, guys, those uh, some of your guaranteed contracts no longer guaranteed. Yeah, you know? they would have a strike, and then they'd probably cancel next season next too season, over the strike. Right. Yeah. It's it's a no win scenario for the players. It's like, hey, it's risk no your win. risk your health and safety, or uh, don't get paid. Right. 
which is essentially just a great metaphor for America right now. But that's a whole other, the whole other discussion. Um, I guess. I guess Oh no! Yeah. You go ahead. Go ahead. No, I saw some of those um, unemployment numbers that are going to happen soon. Oh, it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad and not good. <laughs> um, it's what was the number like? It was in the we're looking at like more than way more than thirty percent, right? We're looking at Vermont was the lowest of twenty percent last time I looked. Yeah, so there's going to be states in the thirties for sure. This might be states in the 40s. It might be states in the 40s. I mean, shit, like, you know, states that don't have, like, a lot of uh, infrastructure jobs, like, you know, fuck, man, like, that's just terrible. Um, It's not good. But I guess speaking of, of places coming back, because Disney World is coming back and they've ran some really... They ran some really dystopian-looking advertisements <laughs> where the workers come out and they're like, man, I'm so fucking happy to be back and working at Disney World, man. Mickey Mouse, I'm going to go up and give him a big fucking hug on day one. Um, but yeah, speaking of Orlando and Disney World, the NBA. The NBA is coming back. It's going to start uh, tomorrow, I believe. Well, we're recording this on the it's 29th. To- it's tomorrow. Yeah, they start tomorrow. They do start tomorrow. And the NBA, as as was the case with a lot of winter sports, was almost done with their season. So they're picking up mostly where they left off, but it's more of a a simulated end of the season format. Right. Um, with a bunch of teams being eliminated in the East and like two from the West. So. Right. That is exactly what it is because the East uh, is terrible. Outside of <laughs> the East, unlike recent years, like recent years, the East only used to be good in like the top three or top two, and now it's, like, really good in the top six, but the rest of the conference sucks. Um, that's why you allow something like the Washington Wizards, who are a whopping 8-24 and 24 away from home. Which that's, is, the, that, the best, that's the best road record ever, dude. Which has got to be one of the worst road records in the league. I'm going to look at it right now. I think it's one of the worst. It's the worst road record in the Eastern Conference um, by percentage, even the Cavaliers, who are the worst team in the league, have a better record. Golden State is seven and twenty-four away from home. So the only team they beat in this category is Golden State, and nice. the Wizards. And that's a bottom three team in the league. And the Wizards are invited to the NBA's uh, end of season tournament, essentially. If they don't even like, I I'm not really big, and I only followed basketball last year when the Raptors were on the incredible playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Wizards, if they don't try, I don't blame them. I mean, the Wizards. If I was a player on the Wizards, there's no reason to show up besides like collecting the check. Um, yeah, there's no reason to show because up. Because if you look at all their games, like I'm just gonna pull up their schedule right now, and I can guarantee you they're not gonna win a single game. They're over-under. I haven't looked at a lot of the gambling stuff yet, but I imagine they're over-under for wins. They've got eight games to play, right? Their over-under has to be like 1.5 because they play the Suns their first game. Okay, they might win that. Um, The Suns are bad, but the Suns are a little better than them. But, like, that's a coin flip. They play the Nets. The Nets are mid, but they're probably going to lose. They play Indiana. They're going to lose. They play Philly. They're going to get smacked. They play the Pelicans. They're probably going to lose. They play OKC, they're going to lose. They play the Bucks, they're going to get demolished. And they play Boston, they're going to get demolished. 
So I see like two wins on the schedule for them at most. Um, hold on. I actually have the odds pulled up, so I can pull them up. Uh, Washington. I can't read these. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know how odds work. <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll pull up a little little uh, my, my little gambling sites here. We'll throw on uh, Fanduel. Shout out to Fanduel. We'll uh, look at some of these. Some of these odds. I went to Vegas Insider and I can't read these. Oh wait, no, hold on. No, that makes more sense. Hold on. Oh, Vegas Insider, you, you've got all of the uh, all the numbers. They lay everything out for you. They make it they make it uh, complicated. I'm looking at because it should be in futures right here. Let's take a look. This is great. This is great radio on my part. Yeah. So if you look at the futures. Oh, they're only given a lot of the futures are only uh, odds to win the championship or like to win the conference. Yep, I see that. Yeah, I love so, how they're um, uh, twenty-one to one odds to uh, be the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. That 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 just uh, we love to see it. Twenty-one to one odds, which by the way, to be the eighth seed, not even to do anything worthwhile. Yeah, just just to, just to be the eighth seed, twenty-one to one odds. It's honestly, the only. The only team that had that has worst odds to be the eight seed are the Suns in the West, which makes sense, and the Mavericks yeah. who are the seventh seed in the in the West right now. Because the Mavericks would have to lose a bunch of games. The Mavericks have to lose a bunch of games. Yeah. And this, uh, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are minus one forty three for the eighth seed, and yeah, the Nets are minus two fifty. So that they, makes sense. Yeah. They've got a little bit of a, uh, yeah. The Grizzlies are in the eight right now. They've got some competition, but they've got a three and a half game cushion on Portland, so that that works. Um, I guess with the NBA, I mean, you know, before we talk about maybe like a little bit of prediction stuff, I think uh, I think the NBA how they're handling the bubble has had some ups and downs. I think the idea of going to Florida is a terrible idea. Still going to Florida is real bad, yeah. Real bad. Like you could have went to like, especially because they're playing in these gyms that are like not that big, and there's no fans. The only people there are team personnel, so you don't need a big gym. Like, go find a place in fucking Kansas. Like, go to, you know what I mean? Go to like some rural place. I I don't I don't understand it personally, but you know, to each his own, I guess. Adam Silver wanted the uh, wanted that ESPN money, so hey. They they um. They wanted, um, they wanted to go in and they wanted to uh, have a party. Uh, they wanted to uh, provide a guest for. They wanted to buy drinks and parties for the guests. Um, Tupac hologram in the middle of the pool <laughs> table. Uh, everyone will love it. Well, my favorite, my favorite details about the bubble is the games are literally like that. Like they have things to entertain the players. Which, by the way, these are NBA players who are like during their days off are usually either with their families training more or just like, you know, uh, at other sporting events or at other public, you know, making public appearances and at the or flat like, earth convention. Right. Thank you, Kyrie. At the convention, also known as, um, the strip club, shout out magic city. Um, because <laughs> Lou Williams, uh, legendary sixth man and also um, really really uh, consistently good player for the LA Clippers an important piece on that team a championship contending team mind you mm-hmm. um, Lou Williams was 
had an excused absence from the bubble, which is very rare. You basically have to like, you know, sell your soul to get out of that thing because there's no guarantee if you're going to have, you know, Rona when you get back. And essentially Lou Williams got an excused absence and he used it to go to magic city and, um, have some drinks and have some fire ass looking wings um and that was his that was his reason for going to, to the famous strip club that a lot of rappers have frequented over the years um legendary home of migos gucci etc um he is he, he made an appearance and he is now facing the repercussions of that so shout out to lou williams for making a great business decision um truly hilarious i mean i, I will say i gotta give him respect because the wings were posted all over Twitter in the days after, and they looked really great. So I got to give him props. Uh, props for uh, going to a strip club during the pandemic. Very epic. I would say, very epic. You know, I hear that uh, they probably all of the services at the strip club are performed at mass on, so it was it was safe. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> I, I was I was getting worried there. Um, but yeah, the, the NBA, I think there are negatives and positives to this. Um, I think it's another negative. I'm really just listing the negatives at this point, but really another negative is the fact that there's virtually no off season because the NBA is going to come back and then they're just, they're going to have a short turnaround and then it's going to be the regular season again. Um, We're gonna try and get things back to normal. The um, we'll talk about this later. The NHL is gonna do something similar. I don't know what the NBA's turnaround time is. The NHL is gonna be about one to two months before they start back up. Yeah, I think the NBA's is around a month, give or take. I mean, it might be a little more, um, but it's not good. It's not. Once again, it's not good because I mean, now, now the alternative is okay. Well, the players have had a long layoff here. Some of them have had. Months and months and months and months and months. Right. To let off. And and half the league is going to have a lot of time because they suck and they're not going to be playing in these games. Right. So that's another thing. But if you're like the Bucks or the Lakers or the Clippers or like the Raptors, you know, like a championship team, your turnaround is going to be uh, no time. Right. And that's a, that is what we're looking at. That sounds real good. But on the other hand, the positive from all this is that we get basketball back. Which is yeah. pretty cool. Which I definitely watch all the time. Yep. Which you do. <laughs> I definitely watch it all the time. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I haven't watched a basketball game, you know, since March, obviously. So I'm I'm kind of geared up for this for this NBA return, even though I'm worried about player safety. But right. I'm uh, I'm geared up about it. I, I think it'll be. It, it was really a, a really great season going on. There were a bunch of good teams, bunch of cool like playoff series that could have happened now we'll just get those series hopefully but there's just gonna be no fans yep. we're gonna get we're gonna get fake crowd noise we're gonna get players mic'd up so we'll expect a lot of cursing on national tv damn epic epic yes, real epic exactly what we want that is exactly yeah exactly all of the uh all of the old racist owners are rolling in their grave right now Adonis they're like they're like, like you know damn. yeah donald something's like why can't i say the n-word he's doing it <laughs> i'm like donald he's black my guy Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, so I think to your point about the, um, the, 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 you know, you being invested in the Raptors and starting and getting invested last year, they're really good again. 
and they're gonna. I looked, yeah. <laughs> they're they're gonna compete for a title. I don't think they'll win it, but I think in this shortened season, teams that have a lot of depth and don't have to lean on a lot of like a lot of stars, I think it helps them because you're gonna play so many games in a short amount of time. You need younger teams, and you need teams that play a lot of guys. And the Raptors right. play like ten guys. Right. You know, a team like Milwaukee plays like ten guys. You know. Um, so teams like the Bucks and the Raptors, I mean, they're already at the top of the conference in the East, but I expect those two to be there when this, you know, tournament shakes out. I expect them to play each other in the conference finals. Maybe you see a team like the Sixers figure it out, but they're so, they're so, you know, streaky that I don't know. Yeah. I like, I don't know anything. Like, and I, I haven't followed it. Um, all I know is that Lakers Clippers good. Uh, Raptors good. Um, Golden State Warriors very bad. And very bad. I mean, historically, historically bad for their standards, considering their last six years. Yeah, and um, Knicks, Knicks, uh, haha. <laughs> Knicks, Knicks make me laugh. Yes, um, as a as a longtime Knicks fan, it is it is brutal. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, but I think with the bubble, like. Yeah, we just, I mean, it's going to happen in all sports, but like with the crowd noise, like there's not really home games. Like home games don't no. really exist. Home games don't matter anymore. And so teams that were like elite at home, like the Sixers and like the, the Miami the Nuggets, Heat, the Nuggets, Nuggets, yeah. And, and teams like, uh, you know, the, the Clippers too. Teams that were like incredible at home, you're going to have to like find a way to make that up. Yeah, they no longer they no longer have teams traveling to Denver and uh, not playing as well due to altitude changes. Altitude. Very yeah. cool. Very, very, I, I, I can't breathe. I'm going to lose a basketball game. <laughs> Fuck damn! It's like I have COVID. It's like it's, it's going to playing in Denver in a, in, a, in a normal week feels like I have COVID. Can you imagine just playing? <laughs> Shit! Shit, dude! <laughs> But yeah, I think I don't have like too many hot take predictions when it comes to basketball. I think the Bucks will be there. I think they're really good. Um, I think the Raptors are really good, but I don't think they, I don't think they'll win a series um, against the Bucks. I think they'll mm-hmm. win a playoff series or two, but I just feel like against the Bucks, if if Giannis if Giannis comes back and he's like healthy and in the MVP form that like you know he was playing in. I think the Bucks are going to make the finals. Um, and in the West, I mean, I don't know. I think the Clippers I think the Clippers and the Lakers are the obvious teams that people would choose between, but I feel like a wild card is like a team like the Rockets or the Mavericks. Like mm-hmm. you know, the Mavericks really only have like they have like two elite players and a bunch of other like solid guys. And the Rockets have James Harden. And the Rockets are James Harden, who didn't didn't have COVID, but he did. But we're not too sure. Uh, all we know is that he wore a Blue Lives Matter mask because he wore it looked very mask, cool. Which is again just a lot of cool things being done. Uh, the he he looks very good in it, and uh, we have to applaud him. He be dripping, although he has no idea what it means. Very, very cool. Once again, very cool. Th- thank you, James. Very cool. Also. Another very cool moment. Michael Porter Jr., a uh, second-year player on the Nuggets, is a um, straight up like a five percenter. Um, which I didn't know. 
I didn't know NBA players could be like five percenters, like Nation of Islam, straight up, like guys. Um, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that's true. There's a million bad jokes I could say right now, and I'm just gonna refrain from saying any of them. So, I mean, he's also like he's also like a big. Uh, was it like Quinon? 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 Oh yes, all, all my that. favorite people. He's he's legitimately been been hitting us with some of those uh, takes. Andy so. Nago, uh, please provide more milkshake reporting right now. See, I mean, it's it's honestly crazy. Like people were getting at Kyrie for like the flat Earth stuff, but this stuff is, <laughs> this stuff is way worse in my opinion. There was um there's an there was an old NHL player, and he was like a, irrelevant, and he started. Uh, tweeting Quinon stuff too, and everyone's like, "Oh brother, here we go." Oh brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> Another enforcer who's tweeting Quinon stuff. Damn, we never would have guessed. We need Ryan Reeves to hit him in the head a few times asap. The give only him, good enforcer, Ryan Reeves. <laughs> the only good enforcer. Give give, give Remember when he gave like Slava Voinov like CTE or whatever? <laughs> Didn't Slava Voinov like beat the shit out of his wife or something? He did, and then I think he got deported, which is incredible. Yeah, it, it, that owns really hard. I um, love to see it. He fought uh, Evander Kane, who's had multiple rape accusations against him. And you know what? Ryan Reeves, King. Don't let the crown slip, sir. Shit. <laughs> did you see that? I saw a tweet yesterday. I mean, I guess we can pivot in. I, I want to do football before hockey, but I'll, we'll pivot into hockey in a second. But yeah. did you see the tweet the other day that was like, it was from some like, um, account, but it was like Tom Wilson is like oh, an elite goal scorer or something. Yeah, like David that. Pasternak tweeted it. <laughs> and I don't know why. It's Evan honestly. Like, did you lose the bet? And I'm like, yes, you probably did. It honestly, you probably lost the bet. It honestly makes me laugh. Shout out to David. <laughs> shout out to David Pasternak. Um, yeah. An actual good goal scorer. Um, everyone, everyone clap right now. He's not a fluke. Everyone clap right now. I guess. I guess I'll close with basketball by saying that I am hopeful that the season will get concluded. And I think that... I think it will. I think it will. I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually really looking forward to it. Who, I think, who's, your, who's your pick to win? I mean, my pick to win at the beginning of the year was the Bucks, and I think I'm going to stick with that pick. I think they're just... They were 53-12 and 12 before the season stopped, which is... You know, on pace for one of the ten best seasons ever. You know, you, you take that percentage out. They had an eight fifteen winning percentage, which is disgusting. That is disgusting. Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they, their home record was twenty eight and three, but their road record was twenty five and nine. They were equally good, and they were fifty three and twelve while losing three straight games to end that run. So really, they've they hadn't lost three straight games all season, I think, and so that was like an anomaly. Damn. Um, so they're just na- they're nasty. I think the Lakers and the Clippers are really good. I think, I think the um, the Rockets are good, and I think the Thunder are good. But I just don't think the the Nuggets, Ro- Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, like all those teams can win one series, but I'm not sure about two. And I think the Clippers, they have a lot of depth. And they can wear you down with their defense and their depth and such. So I would probably, I would probably go with Bucks. I'm gonna say Bucks Clippers in the final, and I'll take Milwaukee. Okay, I don't know. First of all, I have no idea. Um, all I know is that two is my lucky number. So I'm gonna go with either Raptors or Clippers winning. 
I'll just. I mean, uh, those are those are pretty good picks too, honestly. Because if you look at the odds, those teams are uh, those teams are very. I mean, the Clippers are top three, and the yeah. Raptors are top five in odds. So, yeah. the Raptors have the exact same home and road record this year. They've been they've been remarkably consistent. They lost Kawhi Leonard, who's one of the five best players in the league, easily, and they are. They haven't lost a step. Really. They haven't lost just, a step. They've been just as good. They play. They they find guys that were like castaways or like you know undrafted guys or second round guys, and they make them really good. Ah, the picks for penguins of the NBA. I understand. I understand. That, that is a, that is a pretty good comp. Um, yeah, they remind me. They they remind me a lot of. They, they're really smart. Like their front office is smart, and their players are smart. And they play team basketball, and it's like just an ideal way of playing hoops. So, I think yeah. the Raptors will will win a series. I think it's a coin flip if they play the Celtics in the second round. I'd probably pick them, but it's a flip of a coin. I don't think either team beats the Bucks. Like I said, I just think Milwaukee, if they're healthy, they 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 shoot a shit ton of threes. They make a shit ton of threes. They have the best player in the game. Um, they're just a really, they're a really complete team. So, right. Um, I, I, I'm going to take Milwaukee, which is a boring pick, but I'm going to take Milwaukee. <laughs> take Milwaukee, boring pick. Boring pick. It is, it is a boring pick, but I, I'll take Milwaukee. I'll take Clippers and Raptors, and then I'll take Ra- Clippers winning. Why not? Why not? I mean, at the beginning of the season, if you had the Clippers, I mean, even now for the Clippers winning, like most people would say, that's a pretty good bet. So. I think you're. I think you're on the on the right track. I wouldn't be surprised if you were right and I was wrong, because the Clippers do have a lot of a, a myriad of players who are clutch, and Kawhi Leonard, probably the most clutch player at the moment uh, in the postseason. So it uh it'll win yeah. you some points. But I guess we can we can uh, talk football for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not going to bubble. Uh, they even want fans back in attendance, and. This team doesn't care, and as of right now, about 20-plus players have opted out before the season has even started, which is more than the NHL, and I'm pretty sure it's more than basketball as well. Uh, you might want yeah. to double-check that. Okay, yeah. It's which definitely, is it's definitely insane, more and I have no idea why they just want to do a bubble. They barely, they play, every team plays one game a week. It's super easy to do. Even if you don't follow quarantine guidelines, you could just literally go to a city. You have like a couple of teams there, and then you just play a couple games, and then you move to another hub. Like, like they said, they said we don't want if we had to do bubbles, it'd be thirty-two self-contained bubbles, which means they're idiots and they haven't thought it through at all. No, they they have not, and the NFL really only cares about the revenue more than probably any other American sport, which is saying something. Right. It really is because all four of the big time like North American sports uh, care more about the dollar signs than anything, but right. especially football. Um, you know, so it's hard not to be cynical looking at their plan. Now I know that in New York, the Jets and the Giants are not going to have fans. Um, yeah, I don't know about uh, all the other places. I have to imagine that most places, if not all of them, are going to institute no fans. Like they're only in training camp right now. They're probably not going to play any preseason games, which helps. Yeah. Uh, it also means the quality of play for football for the first few weeks is going to be straight cheeks. So. Oh, I'm expecting that with all the leagues, so that's fine. Yeah. I mean, baseball has been 
I think baseball is like so far the quality of play has been all right, but like a lot of the good hitters like haven't found themselves yet, and a lot of the good pitchers are only throwing a couple innings right now because they're not back to form. Right. And baseball had a decently long like, you know, spring. Right. Um, so that's essentially what uh what's going on with football. They they have very little time to prepare. Um, their training camps are usually a lot longer. Their off seasons usually. You know, they usually do a lot of work in the offseason. Um, that hasn't been happening. No. So I expect, you know, a lot of turnovers, a lot of uh, bad play calls, a lot of miscommunications on routes in the early going. So if you're gambling in the first few weeks of football, God help you, because you're just going to be gambling on a lot of teams that are kind of winging it. <laughs> so good luck yeah. with that. I love it. I'm going to gamble on my favorite team, the Washington football team, which is yes. amazing. Team, the Washington football team, name to be determined. <laughs> and they don't have much much time left to get a name. <laughs> like, they were yeah. kind of supposed to already have it by now. And uh, clearly that hasn't happened yet. Um, also, Washington football team doing a great job because they had a uh, – Big old sexual abuse, uh, sex, sexual abuse, sexual assault scandal come out last week against them, um, against many of their employees. Not any of the players, but a lot of the, um, you know, office staff and things of that nature. Um, so shout out to shout out to the Washington football team for just being the absolute worst organization <laughs> <laughs> on all levels. I I love the NFL so much. Um, if they're not going to bubble, and knowing the owners, they're not going to. And they have no plans to. Um, the NFL might not even get off after the first week. It might be first weekend and that's it. I could see I that think, happening. I think it'll last a few weeks because they're so headstrong. I feel like, like you said, it should be easiest to bubble. It, it, it should, really like, should be. You know what I mean? It really should, in this With the NFL, it should be the easiest sport because you're only going against your own team the whole week. And then yeah. one one game a week you play the other guys and right. you're wearing helmets with visors that are going to, you know, protect your face. And That's right. Yeah. So it's not like you're spitting on the other guy. Nope. That's crazy to me. I can't believe they're not going to do it, but I mean, again, even we're if not the NFL, surprised if the NFL like, like did like baseball did only played teams in your division that could work. Right. But like, they're just saying, eh, fuck it. And you know, by the way, the NFL. I think the, the NFL, like, I think we'll get to this, but I think hockey is the most like dudes rock league. But I think the which which owns, by the way, but also the NFL is the definitely the most like Blue Lives Matter league. So you're just gonna unfortunately have like a lot of posturing before the games, where like the players are gonna kneel and shit, and then you're gonna have like. You know, a big ass advert, like a big ass, like we love our cops, like banner going on, like just in the stadium. A yeah, so bunch have, of Amazon like, ads. Uh, bow down to our Turtle King, Jeff Bezos, and they all, and all the owners, they come up from the boxes and they all start praying to Jeff Bezos. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna do the sign of the cross, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's every, it's the sign of the cross, but it's Jeff Bezos. Elon Musk, uh, Bill Gates, and uh, was it like Tim? Who was the Walmart that? owner. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, or or yeah, or any any other uh, billionaire guy. But yeah, 
Um, football. I don't know. I think the thing about football is I think I don't think they're gonna cancel it just because it's football and like you know we don't give a fuck about. Someone will have to die before they might cancel it. Yeah, someone. I'm calling it. I'm. I think the bigger the bigger controversy around football is gonna be how many players support Black Lives Matter and how many uh, owners come out and say that uh, they're racist. Oh, yes, sweet. Um, I love watching the video of the most racist town in the United States and holding a BLM one, and a guy comes and said, a black lives matter. They're just like asses. We love love to hear it. I also saw that video on Twitter yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing video. (laughs) An an incredible video. I was was enthralled. I I thought the caption was a little on the nose, but then I watched the video, and I was like, nah, he's got a point. No, it's on Wikipedia. It's been... Uh, sorted as having one of the most the most racist town in the United States, which is insane. Shout out to the one kid who came up to him and was like, "Yo, great job, homie! Like, here's here's some support." At the yeah. end of the video, and then after that, it was just a picture. It, it cuts to a guy like driving his car, and it's like, <laughs> "Fuck you, you fucking communist!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, um, yeah. caring caring about uh, your your average civilian is communism. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyhow, NFL, I, I honestly don't know. Like, I know the teams that are going to be good. The Ravens are going to be really good. You know, like, the, the, the Niners are going to be good. The Chiefs are going to be good. You know, all these teams are going to be they're going to the good teams are going to be good. That's my hot take is like, wow, you know, the, the NFC West is going to have some good teams like Seattle's good. They just traded for like an elite safety. Um, my my team, the Giants, is going to be very bad, and that's just that's just how it works. That's really just how it works. The draft pick that was so bad that even even non sports fans were like, "Uh, nice nice going." Yeah, that's uh, that's it's not great. It's not great. But yeah. hey, I listen. I don't care about the NFL. Uh, they can cancel the season, and I would uh, start clapping. But unfortunately, and I. I did say after one week, I did say originally after one week that they'll cancel. I'm going to rescind that. I'm going to say someone will have to literally die before they cancel. So, yeah, they're going to have to have like Tom Brady hospitalized or something. Like some, <laughs> you know, like some transcendent like player that goes beyond the realm of like people that football fans know. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, some, yeah. some household names got to get Rona and like be actually ill for them to just can the season. Yeah, it sucks. But, you know, I guess this leads to my main point, which is kind of the basis of what we wanted to, we were going to talk about on this podcast in general, um, was the sport of hockey, which I know you love and I love, and is an interesting time for hockey because hockey, for the longest time, has Commissioner Gary Bettman, who has been regarded as one of the worst commissioners in sports history, I believe. He's, um, he's, I think he's one of the worst because he's had like, Three or four strikes. Yeah, he's, is, hockey uh, hates their players more than like any other sport, and which is saying a lot. I don't know about that. The NFL. Might, I mean, the uh, NFL. The NFL is probably right there too. It's it's both. I think the NFL probably takes it right now, but I think hockey. I mean, the amount of money, the fact that the players make, you know, zero money compared to what they're worth. I mean, you have good hockey players, like very good hockey players. Make you have money. really good hockey players. That make and, like 
four million a year, and you're like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, what is going? Like, in basketball, they'd be making you know twenty million a year. Connor McDavid would be making forty million a year, and he makes fifteen. Yeah, tops, tops, tops. with with endorsements. You know what I mean? That's with salary included too. Like, yeah, it's it's incredible to me that you have like yeah the best player in the league, Connor McDavid, and he's making jack shit. I mean, you know. Fifteen million is not jack shit, but in the grand scheme of things, it, it is. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely some wild, some wild times. Um, yep. Because hockey has handled this the best, I think, out of any of the big four sports. Yep. Um, they they've bubbled. They've moved to Western Canada, which is and Eastern exact, and Eastern. True, true. Two two whole different sides of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, who have both been doing well in handling the pandemic, as we talked about. Yeah. And um, I think they're going to play a full season because right now they're chilling. Like, not many people have tested positive, which is a great thing. They had two. Right. Which, compared to other leagues, is like a big victory. And a bunch of false positives. They had more false positives than they had actual positives. Yeah. Yep. Which is big. That's also big. That's huge, yep. So, and um, the smartest decision they ever did was to move it to Canada. That was the smartest decision they made. It was it was almost too smart. It was almost too good. And the fact that a lot of the hockey players, hockey culture is like more like we stay inside our own circle and don't really branch out. I think that sort of culture has helped players really buy into the bubble and sort of stay in there. And... I know how all the plan goes, and I know how like all the details and stuff and how that goes, mm-hmm. and I know they were originally going to have Edmonton was always going to be a city, and then they just had to figure out a second hub city that ended up being Toronto. They're thinking Chicago, which dropped out early, Vegas, which was one of the last drops. The spiking cases in Nevada killed whatever chance they had. Yeah, the, w- whatever whatever happened with uh, Vegas was because Nevada, much like other states like Arizona, Texas, Florida, etc., um, their governor was like, eh, fuck it. And then essentially the eh, fuck it turned into um, we now have to stay in a car line for 12 hours outside of the local hospital that's testing for coronavirus, and yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn a whole tank of gas because it's so hot in Nevada that I have to keep my AC on for 12 hours and I've been here since 6 a.m. just to get tested to see if I have Rona or not. Yeah, and... Vancouver, just because, you know, hey, we wanted to go to the casino one night, you know? And Yeah, and Vancouver was going to be one of the things, but they opted out because of the isolation policy that the NHL was going to do, which was basically you have the option of it's either if you get a negative and you get more negatives, you have to isolate for 10 days instead of 14 and mm-hmm. if you get, well, sorry, I mean positive. Fuck me. Uh, no, I got you. I got you. <laughs> and um, if you get a positive, they don't isolate the entire team and some of the players that are in contact with you. It's just you. And Vancouver didn't want any part of that. And Vancouver made it down to like 20 cases a day. And obviously didn't want it going up. So Edmonton took the spot. Edmonton's going to be where the finals are going to be, and Toronto's going to be where the East teams are right now. So all the East time zone teams are in Toronto, and all the West time zone teams are in Edmonton. Right. And they split it up into two hotels each, one for one division, one for the other. 
So it works perfect, and they're doing great right now. They've started exhibition games without any problem. Uh, I will say Chicago did win their exhibition game today, but it doesn't they count did. towards they didn't. It doesn't count towards anything. So, uh, oops. <laughs> oops. I, I did. I did watch a little bit of that before we uh, went on air here, and I, I, I knew it was two nothing. I was. Uh, I was actually kind of uh, impressed with how uh, Chicago was skating, but then again. There's going to be a lot of teams that start fast here, and there's going to be a lot of teams that start slow, and you can't really afford to do that because they haven't been like straight up playing games for months. So like some people are just not, some teams are not going to be skating while their chemistry is going to be off. Like you know, so yeah, Florida lost five nothing today, and yeah, um, that looks not very good. I feel like we're going to see some some blowouts. We we will. I mean. We might get into like more in depth predictions than the other ones because I actually know some stuff. But yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but a lot of these teams are like really middling, so blowout. Like it is possible we do get blowouts because one team is more prepared than the other. But like at the same time, these teams are so middling together that I don't really feel comfortable. Uh, saying one team is gonna get blown out or not. Yeah, so. I think it's I think it's interesting because um you know, I think in the NHL and in the Western Conference really, I mean the East has Boston and Tampa. We know those teams are good. Um and there were some teams that were really hot heading into the break, like the Flyers. The Flyers? Yeah. Uh the Penguins arguably should have been in that group too, but they just missed out. Yeah, and they and they the Penguins kind of hurt themselves because they they did go three and seven in their last ten hanging in the break. Yeah, there's which is um, not great. A lot of those injuries. <clears throat> well, that's oh injuries. no, for sure they 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 got they were very hurt. I think some of that's just due to the fact that like I think the Penguins are a year early anyway. Like you know they're just um, not really a championship level kind of team yet. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think they have a decent chance, but we'll see. It's it's they have healthy players now, and they're not going to uh, play Jack Johnson, Chris Latane, uh, which was one of the worst pairings in the NHL, and they were playing that constantly after January, which was which kind of led to their downfall down the standings a little bit. Um, it's their testament that they're even fifth. With that pair, oh no! Top, I mean, but look, the thing with the East is you get you get past like the top three, and you get past the top four really. And to me, it's a whole lot of mid, like Pittsburgh, Carolina, Columbus, Toronto, Florida. That's a lot of mid right there. Yeah, there's a lot of like, if this, if um this, if the if the NHL has proven anything, is that parity exists. Parity exists, and. You know, sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. Um, you know, because you could say, you can't oh, have well, stuff like the NBA that just like you have like the top teams and they're always guaranteed to win. And the NHL, it's like, mm, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> right. Which, which a lot of NHL fans use as, you know, a thing to lord over fans of other sports as like, oh, you know, Parody means our sport is good, um, which is one of the more insufferable characteristics about hockey fans, in my opinion. Yeah. But at the same time, you know that, um, you know that like some of the parody is because like, hey, some of these teams are just mid. 
<laughs> some some teams are just really teams not are just that mid, good. You know, it's like it's like you know some of these teams are just like the epitome of like a you know a a, a Marvel movie. Like you know, it's like hey, it's it's, it's okay. Well, yeah. no, if they were the epitome of a Marvel movie, they'd be bad. So it'd be bad. <laughs> that, that's fair enough. I mean, who? What is the? Uh, what is the? The Thor, the Dark World of uh, hockey teams, essentially. The Detroit Red Wings. Detroit, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Well, I guess if we're gonna get into uh, some predictions, I mean, you know, obviously, um, you know, I'm a, a Hawks fan, and I've actually followed them. A lot this year. Even they're a very frustrating team. Um, yeah. They're 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 not going to do well, I don't think, in this setting. But there are going to be teams that like them that could do well. Like I they're think not. There's they're, there's some upset potential here. Yeah, like they're not that much worse than Edmonton. Like they're really they're not. not. They're not. I did they're the research. That they're not. Which, when you look at the Western Conference, once again, a lot of mid teams in there. Like, who is good in the West besides like we think Vegas is good and we think St. Louis is good. And that's like, you know, Colorado, sure, but like the rest, anyone can be anyone. And really anyone can beat Colorado or St. Louis. Like those are good teams, but you know, you run into like a hot team, like they can win. I think Vegas is the best team in the West, even though they don't have the most points. I think talent wise, them and St. Louis are the best. I Vegas has a really they have really good underlines, and they really have really good underlines heading in. And I think that can get them far. I don't think they're going to win. I don't know who's going to win. Um, I will know my predictions at least in a couple days. Uh, I can sauce them over whenever. Uh, feel free to discuss. I know all my takes are hot, and somehow that ended me with predicting a good portion of my bracket right last year. And it wasn't well, because, completely broken. Yeah, because because the NHL's brain was broken last postseason. <sighs> nothing yeah. made sense. Nothing made sense. But that's part. Um, of, I guess that's part of the appeal of playoff hockey. So I actually think this tournament format is really cool because this like best of five qualification stuff. Like, I think it lends itself to like the insanity of like playoff hockey. Yep. And I think like. And I don't know. I know why they did twenty four. It's because they can get Chicago, New York, and Montreal, and they can get all that TV ratings in. Oh, absolutely. I know that's why they, I know that's why they did it, and I know that's why they didn't finish off the regular season either. Mostly because I think because if you included Detroit and tried to finish off the regular season games, just be a waste of time. Um, but yeah, this playoff format's really exciting. I hate the reseeding. The one thing I hate is the reseeding of the top four who get, who like come in. I get they have to play round robin. I don't know if you should reseed. I think they should just play exhibition. Um, but I guess after last year, where basically every single team that was the top in every matchup, but Boston lost. I guess maybe having something to play for is better. Well, didn't I mean? Remember, I mean, didn't the NHL used to reseed before every playoff round, right? And then they That's changed right. it to the they changed it to the bracket thing. They changed it to divisional so they can have better TV right. ratings and matchups, which basically only lasted the first round and then it died. Right, because that's the thing. The divisional was cool for round one, but then you get a round two matchup where it's like the Panthers and like <laughs> you know the Devils or something like, and you're just like, I don't want to watch this. Well, there's some matchups here that, like, I don't think anyone's going to watch. But you're not 
itching to see Winnipeg play Calgary? Uh, that that actually might be a good one. So I mean, I that, think that example. Very, I think Winnipeg's pretty uninteresting. Um, Nashville and Arizona, yikes! Nashville and Arizona might set a record for most naps I've taken in a playoff series. Ah oh, man, yeah. I mean, like I, Columbus and Toronto. Like Toronto's such a hot mess to me that I'll watch it. I don't find Columbus very exciting. It's an, that's really interesting. Like I say, okay, if I had to go for matchups, Pittsburgh, Montreal, that's really interesting to me. Carolina, New York is really interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a great series. That'll that's be a great series. Islanders in Florida, nope. Toronto, Columbus, and eh, we'll see. It, it could go either way. Um, Edmonton and Chicago, yeah, that's a good series. Nashville, Arizona, if anyone watches this, I'll be surprised. I'll, I'll, I'll they're, just... they're not even going to watch this in Nashville and Arizona. No, I can't. I can't believe that. Like all these matchups seem fair, and then you have Nashville and Arizona, and you're like, like whoever gets either one of them is just going to like. Okay, so we're not trying. We're just going to go to second round. Um, see you later. And I don't blame like. I don't know. I can't. I can't believe it. Um, Vancouver, Minnesota is not very interesting. Calgary, Winnipeg is interesting, but only if you're Canadian. Yeah, I think. I think the the aspect of like the the inter, any inter Canadian matchup in the playoffs is cool, but this isn't like ordinary playoffs where you have fans. I think fans. I think fans would help that series a lot because Calgary fans and Winnipeg fans, like those stadiums, are pretty great when they're rocking and like you can see it on TV. Like they'll wear the all red or the all white, you know. So it's kind of a cool aesthetic. Um, I don't think those games would, are that interesting without fans. I think Chicago Edmonton's cool because like you kind of have like the old dynasty that's no longer a thing versus like the team that should have been a dynasty if they built around Connor McDavid correctly. Yeah, and you have two teams that are like defensive black holes, more or less. Oh my god, the, the Hawks have one defender that's good, and his name is Duncan Keith, and he's also like good, but he's still like. <laughs> what, what is he like? Thirty-seven now. He's got to be. He's getting up there. Thirty-four, I think. Thirty-four. I, I, sorry, Duncan. I, I uh, gave you too gave you too many years there. Um, oh, he is thirty-seven. I nailed it. He is thirty-seven. Fuck, really? Damn. Yeah, he's. I mean, Duncan Keith is like still good somehow, even though he's like logged ice time, like logged. What is it like? At least you know thirty minutes a, a night or something on the ice because they have no defensive bearing. I, you know what? I did my research, and the underlying numbers say that Keith is like actually terrible. So I well, don't. I mean, know. this year probably. I mean, look, I haven't. I no one on the Hawks has played defense this year. It's been the past couple of years. They were terrible last year too. Yeah, every, the year that the year that they were the one seed, they got eliminated in the first round. I think was with like their last year, where like their metrics were good, and yeah, they just got he lucky. wasn't the worst defender, but he was like maybe like middle. I'm of looking the pack. at his. Yeah, I'm looking at his hockey reference. It's not that impressive compared to like his hockey reference like f- four years ago. Way more impressive. Yeah, you know, um, when he was like an elite defender for like an eight year stretch or whatever the fuck. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and Seabrook's not going to play, so he sucks anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, he's probably done. You need that he, contract he, he, so he, bad he, off the books. So I guess, I mean, what do you think in terms of like, you know, who do you think wins some of these play-in series? And then, 
Okay, so I so so far, and these are subjects you review. So, um, okay. Uh, what team? What playing series did you want to cover first? Do you have one in mind? Or I mean, not we really? can just like I feel like we can lightning round a lot of these because I okay. do want to get to like. I mean, I think I think Chicago Edmonton will go the five, and I think Edmonton wins it. Um, because Chicago is like the most inconsistent team in hockey this year. Like they'll win five and they'll lose six. I it's kind of how it works. Okay. Again, subject to change. I have Chicago in five. Um, could could be. I could see it. You know, it just depends on what Chicago you get. Like I yeah. There was a period this season where like Patrick Kane was awesome and like Jonathan Taves is really good, but then there were periods where like Taves was not good and like they looked old. And it's like the same. It, you just don't know. You know what I mean? They're I, a weird team. I will only pick the Hawks. Okay. So there's two ways it can go, all right? Edmonton double shifts McDavid and Drysaddle on separate lines. That's it. It's over. Yeah. Um, if they don't do that, I think Chicago wins. And I think Chicago is going to win somehow. I think they have the goal scoring to do it. I think Edmonton also has the goal scoring. But I think the difference here is that while they're both bad defensively, Chicago is much worse defensively, but they have great goaltending, and Crawford stood on his head all year, and he's going to play. They cleared him to play, right. so there's no worries about playing Malcolm Subban. And Leonard also stood on his head all year, but they traded him because they, I don't, they knew because, they were going to make they're, it. Because they're Edmonton. That's <laughs> well, Chicago traded Leonard, but yeah. yeah. And I think that whatever goaltending Chicago is going to get, from Crawford, if he can do really well again, I think it's five for Chicago. But that's going to be a really like poor defensive series. There'll be lots of goals. Oh God! Um, it's every game's going to be five four. Like I've I yeah. I've, I've probably watched like I mean you wouldn't know it from my random uh, bad Leonard take there, but all, all, all of the um the Hawks games from like January and February, like before the pandemic hit, I watched probably like eighty five percent of those games. And yeah. like, they would win games like eight to four and lose like six three the next day. Like it doesn't make you know you just ha- like it's how many goals can you can you score? Right, it is. It, it kind of is like that. It's about how many scoring chances you can get, more or less. Um. Uh. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna stick to the West for a minute. Uh, Nashville, Arizona. I don't care. Uh. I pick Arizona because of goaltending, and I don't trust any team with John Hines. I think Arizona looks really bad in terms of underlying, and there's a lot of players of holes. But when Hines came in, Nashville looked pretty bad as well. And Rene had a really tough year, and I don't think really he's going to. Yeah, like, re, like he had the worst PK save percentage by a starter, and the average this year was around 840, 860 save percentage, and he had like 750 or something like that, which is insanely bad. That's like yeah, for a guy that game like, bad, yeah, for a guy that was an elite goaltender at one point in his career, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and I can see Arizona stealing it with really good goaltending, and I think Taylor Hall, even though he does not nearly the points that they wanted to show it, drove play an insane amount, and I think they could win it that way. I don't carry it away. If one of them's wins they get dummied in the first round i i generally don't care so i will go with arizona um the next matchup 
Uh, who are you going with, Arizona? Well, or I'm gonna. I'll take Arizona as well, mainly because I just really hate watching Nashville play hockey. Okay. Um, and like that style, I, I like. I'm gonna run through. So I'm gonna. Like I guess I took Edmonton in five. I'll take Calgary in a coin flip series. I really know nothing about Winnipeg. Full disclosure, I think they're boring. I also know nothing about them, so I'm <laughs> kind of talking out of my ass here. But I, re- I remember them being excruciatingly boring last year, and mm-hmm. that's my that's my defense. Um, uh, I'll take Pittsburgh, um, and I'll what? take the Islanders in a close one, and I'll take. Carolina and five over the Rangers, but I like that series. Uh, what about you missed? So, what about Toronto Columbus? Do you have any? I'll take I'll take, I'll take Toronto in five because I don't know why. They're, Vancouver, Vancouver, Minnesota. I kind of like uh, I kind of like um, Vancouver in this. They were Minnesota was playing really well before the break. Mm-hmm. But Vancouver had that like super hot start, and I feel like at the beginning of the year, at least I'm I'm pretty sure that was them, right? Was that, that them? That's or Cal- right. That's right. Yeah, that was them. Yeah, I thought that was there was them or Calgary. Um, I feel like Vancouver. I feel like they can they can conjure that up again. Once again, a lot of these picks are literal guesses because we have no idea how these teams are going to look. But I do like Vancouver. I think they're like a little bit better. I'll take them in like four, okay. and I'll take. Um, I guess Arizona was. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, Arizona. Was um, okay. Yeah, the Arizona was I okay. Um, I'm gonna take Pittsburgh in four. I think that matchup is going to be really good hockey. Both teams played really well possession wise. The problem is Montreal has terrible special teams. Price has underperformed, but Matt Murray also had a really really rough year, and mm-hmm. Jerry wasn't particularly good after January either. Uh. So they have a problem in that going forward. But the problem is Montreal can't shoot. Their practice lines have been really, really bad in terms of getting chemistry out. Uh, I know the lines that I would prefer, and it's not it at all. And Pixburg has basically like kind of worse possession metrics. But Pixburg can shoot, and they have a great power play. And now that they have all their players back, I don't think Montreal has... like a huge chance they could win it but Pittsburgh would have to be insanely dry they'd have to be like islanders dry last year to like even go anywhere close near losing it um islanders florida i'm gonna take florida in five uh scoring wins in playoffs uh islanders were a 500 team outside of the 10 game win streak that they had in like the beginning of the year, they were like literally 500 the way through, which would have put them down near Montreal level because goaltending just went like average, and then the scoring just absolutely disappeared. And Florida had Bravosky, who signed a huge contract, and he underperformed crazy amount. But when they can score, they can like they really get it going. They're like Toronto, but like their defense is just like atrocious. So. It's, it's really bad. I, mean, I will say there you have a point with your Florida take because the Islanders ended the season before the pandemic on a seven-game losing streak, which is pretty rough. They were I guess two my, four four, which is in the last ten, which is atrocious bad. It's very bad. I, I will say though, my Islanders pick will stand only because I think that on paper they're a pretty they're they have they have a pretty talented side. If you look at their like you know like top couple of 
of lines. Um, I mean, it's not Florida has like the younger talent. I think. I mean, it depends how you look at that. But, but I think, but I think the Islanders, like, you know, you brought up the winning streak when it seems like they were like a top, you know, three team in the Eastern Conference or something during that. They're, they're really not. It's the, all, oh no, it's, it's, a it's definitely like. it was definitely a mirage. But I think when you look at like some of the guys that they that they do have, um, I think in a, in a short series, all they really need are is is a hot goalie, mm-hmm. which is possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, with, with uh, it's with possible Varlamov, both teams with Varlamov, right? Like it's definitely yeah. possible. We've seen it from him before, and we've seen it from Bravaski before when he oh, shot we've definitely Tampa. Seen oh yeah, we've definitely seen it from him before. So I don't know. I kind of. I guess the Florida pick makes more sense, actually. The more I think about it, but I'll I'll be headstrong and I'll take the Islanders in five. Okay. Just just I have a feeling that they're gonna win. Um, I'm taking Toronto over Columbus. Uh, Columbus could what's like this is like their goal differential. Their goal differential is negative seven. Yeah, and Toronto was all scoring or defense, and Columbus is all defense or scoring, and Scoring wins, if anything, the last couple of playoffs has told us is that scoring wins over defensive teams. And I think Toronto is going to take it. I think Toronto has some of the best firepower in the entire league. Matthews was elite this year in terms of that, on like every metric except for defense. Which What do you think them. about uh, Toronto's uh, high school level defense? <sighs> and he's work. Um, I think uh, I think the uh, I think t- the t- the Maple Leaf season was summed up in the uh, the, the Carolina game when they when when, <laughs> when King date was a who was the goalie that came in David Ayers David Ayers right and they couldn't the, do anything King yet. David Ayers came in and uh, and I don't I don't it's not even necessarily like Toronto's fault Carolina is just that good like that's that's just how it goes. Carolina is just no, they're, that they're, good. they're they're a dark horse to win the East, I think, Carolina. I guess we can sort of get into that now like dark horses to win the whole thing, you know. Or to get or to get farther. Yeah. I think Carolina is like a good yeah. a, a solid pick for that because they're they're a dangerous team. Like if you look at their metrics, like their goal differential is really good. Um they're, you know, overall they they ended the season, you know, that part of the season pretty strong. They were better than like, you know, I feel like they're better than like the Pittsburghs of the world and like the Torontos of the world. They're not like Bruins Tampa level, but they're like Capitals level. Yep. Um. So I'll pick Toronto over Columbus. I'll pick that. I'm gonna say five. I think a lot of these might go to five. They're sloppy. Because I think yeah, you're gonna see sloppy. some like shitty games, but they're gonna be fun too. It's yeah. weird. Because be I I don't think because I think Columbus's defensive game is a bit of a mirage. Like I get it, and I think their goalies are a bit of a mirage too. Um, but if Toronto, if Anderson can step it back up even a little bit, and if they can have the offense, I think they can win out over Columbus. I just like it just might go to overtime because uh, Columbus had 15. Overtime losses this year, which is yeah, insane. Pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. Um, yeah, and then I'll pick Carolina Rangers. I'm picking Carolina and four. If they play Shesterkin, maybe the Rangers win because rookie goalies have a huge track record of 
uh, going all the way to the cup final and winning for no reason. Um, so I could see that, but I'm going to take Carolina in four. If they play Lundqvist, I'd, they doomed themselves. Rangers are front-loaded like hell, and then after that, it's like some of the worst stuff ever. And Carolina is kind of just like stacked in like different places. They had like an underwhelming-ish season, but they're stacked in different places enough that they could overturn the Rangers. And I think out west, uh, I said Chicago in five, right? Yeah, you did. Arizona and I don't care. Um, I'm going to take, I don't know about Calgary or Winnipeg. I'll coin flip it. Uh, Winnipeg was terrible, They but they managed to shoot pretty well. And Hellebuck had a Vesna caliber season. If he doesn't win the Vesna, that will be the biggest crime in history. He led a defensively poorest team to the playoffs. And he should have got a hard vote, at least. Um, he had a 9.22 on a team that like was supposed to let in free goals a game, which is insane. Insane. I can't believe he did it. Um, and Calgary underperformed all season. So I don't know. Oh, they definitely did. They definitely, they definitely did. did. Um, a team with that level of talent, like, you know, people were expecting them to be, you know, top two in the Pacific and you finish behind Edmonton, you have 79 points. Yeah, they, they, differential they might have minus, gone out of a playoff spot too if the Pacific wasn't so bad. God, the Pacific is the worst division in hockey. It's so bad. Vegas ran away with that division and I don't blame them. And uh, Vancouver, Minnesota, tough decision on this one. As well, I'm taking Minnesota because they were so hot coming into it. I think they would have taken out one of the central teams if they had, if the season continued. I think they would have taken out Nashville for a playoff spot, to be honest. I think they would have bumped out Nashville, Calgary, and I think they would have looked good doing it. And um, I really like where Dean Everson is heading. Even a goaltending, which was garbage all year, Stalock had great games. You just can't play Dubnik. That's it. You can't. You just yeah. can't play Dubnik. And I think Minnesota, with its great defense and great offense that they had, with the three weeks Dean Everson was coach, I think they could be Vancouver. They they might not go any farther than that, but they can be Vancouver. Yeah, I don't and know how. I wonder how it'll work because I feel like some of these teams are going to like catapult from this, you know, playing round and carry that momentum over. We see it all the time in, in hockey. Yeah. But you know, some of these teams are also just, like, not great. So it just, like, depends on what the situation is. But I think overall, when it comes to the NHL, uh, I think it's tough to predict, especially in, in unpredictable playoffs. But I think out of the West this year, I kind of like Colorado. I don't want to pick St. Louis because I, I hate St. Louis. So <laughs> I, I want to pick Colorado because, for one, they outscore you by a million. Like, their goal differential is the best in the league. Um, or, or best in the West, anyway. Despite all the injuries, they're best. Despite in the all the injuries, and they were hot, and like they have a million guys that can score, as I just said, and like they do, they do hold teams pretty well. I don't know what their defensive stats are, but they do hold teams uh, pretty well. They've gotten some great goaltending that's been kind of unexpected, I think. So that Bauer a, was up and down, but yeah. Francis was a great backup. So right, and that's what I, that's what I kind of mean is like, is that going to last? But I, I'm going to pick Colorado because I want to pick Colorado. I if I'm taking someone out west, um, uh, do you have a dark horse out west? Like someone I mean, who's I on think, the top I four? Think, 
I think my dark horse would probably be. I think my dark horse would be Vancouver. Okay, interesting pick. Um, yeah, I think if I had to pick someone from the top four out of the West, if I had to pick anyone from the West, I pick Vegas. They can switch back between Flurry and Leonard, and Leonard for two years straight has been one of the best goalies in the world, in my opinion. He's been absolutely insane. And Colorado, even if all the injuries, they still manage to uh, be a great team on their line and on the ice. Their defensive stats on their line were like top 10, which is insane to me. I can't believe that, but I guess uh, that's truth be told. Um, Dallas might have some chance here too, but I don't know how far that gets them. I might get them passed around again, and then that might be it. Uh, my dark horse is going to be Minnesota because they were really, really good heading into the break. And I really like where Dean Everson took this team going. Um, well, they were they were really bad. They had a really, really bad run, and then they rallied hard. In like the they last had a really bad run because they couldn't buy a save. They were like near Detroit levels bad for goal yeah. attending. And then they finally had a new coach come in, and then the shooting went way up like it like it did all year and then the goaltending finally stabilized and then he finally had great underlying so i think my dark horse is minnesota that's kind of a hot take but i'll take minnesota i really don't think any of the teams outside of the top four in the west are really going to do much so having a dark horse is kind of useless and in the yeah, east yeah i i agree yeah in I the agree. east um god this is hard uh tampa might be my choice they did really well again. They just can't choke again. Um, Washington would have been my other choice, but with Samsonov out and Hope he had a really bad year. And apparently Carl's exhibition game tonight injured, which is not great. He didn't have like a great defensive year, but he had a great offense year. And having that kind of thing lost on the blue line is not fantastic, especially when... I'm pretty sure he would be their only good power play sh- quarterback, which is not ideal. But I'm going to take Tampa for the dark horse. for Not the dark horse, sorry. For maybe like the winner of the top seeds and maybe the winner of the East. For the dark horses, there's like two teams that stand out to me. Pittsburgh stands out. I think Pittsburgh can take it as far as they want to again. They just have to make sure the lines are smart and balanced and Jack Johnson can't be anywhere near the top. And Carolina can also do it. Yeah, I think I think my dark horse is Carolina and my pick to win is I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Boston because I got I've <sighs> got I've got burned by Tampa the last two years. I don't like Boston. I don't think they're going to do anything. They have the President's Trophy curse, and I think some of his remarks, they had 12 overtime losses. They went 0-8 and eight in the shoot, 0-7 in the shootout. I don't like their chances. I think they're, I think they're good. I just don't think they're consistent enough to make a cup run like last year. I mean, but the thing about the the thing with Boston is they're going to play teams that are like definitely inferior to them, like in the first two rounds. So really, they're just going to have to beat Tampa. It depends or, or would, because would they play Tampa round two? Actually, 
Yeah, well, they're, re- if, they're they're reseeding, so they would probably play Tampa round three. It depends because remember that they're they're doing a round robin to determine the seeding, and if Bruce Cassidy is going to go with resting all the top players, they play Pittsburgh in round one, which would be really bad matchup for them. Oh yeah, well didn't didn't they didn't they uh, not play Pittsburgh well this year, or is it the opposite? I know it was either they didn't play Pittsburgh well, or they played them really well. But I can't remember the exact. Again, if I'm, I'm Boston, looking through their schedule right now, if I'm Boston, I want the one seed so that I play someone like Toronto again. Even though I feel like Toronto might win against them, finally, you play Toronto or Columbus or Florida or Rangers or Montreal, like either one of those. Because yeah, I don't want to play. If I'm, I don't want to play Pittsburgh or Carolina. Yeah. Those are the last two teams I want to play if I'm a topper. Top seed, topper, topper. If, if you're if you're a top seed, you definitely don't want to face um those teams. I, I I feel you on that, but at the same time, I just wouldn't want to play Carolina, and I wouldn't want to play. I don't think I would want to play the Flyers either. I feel like we're not. Well, Flyers are like in the top four, so that's not an issue. Yeah, but I just mean if I mean they're still kind of have this like because they're in the Metro and they like. I feel like the Flyers are not – they're, like, not really looked at as, like, legitimate cup contenders. That might just be me talking, but I feel like I don't think of them as that. But in reality, they could win the East. Some people I, are really running with it because they had a hot streak. I think their hot streak was good. I just don't think they're on the same echelon as Boston, Tampa, or Washington. Yeah, I, I kind of – I mean, I think they might – I think they could push Washington, but I don't think they're better than the other two teams. No, definitely not. Yeah. Even if I think Boston is kind of mid, I I don't think well, kind of mid relative, but like they're yeah. good, but they're like not that good. And they're not. They're not that. I, I I think in general with hockey this year, there weren't that many like elite teams. Um, no. So I've got. I'll take Boston and Colorado, and you've got. Tampa. I'm gonna take Tampa, and Colorado. Yeah. Although that's subject to change. Mm-hmm. So um, anyone who's hearing this podcast. I know I'm in an analytics community for hockey. Uh, don't take this at face value until <laughs> is, I submit is, uh, a bracket. This is just spitballing, you know. This is spitballing, right? Which is which is good. And I think overall, the main message to me, the main takeaway, is that hockey has done this right, as opposed to some other sports, um, which is a shock to me, and I think a shock to a lot of sports fans because hockey—it surprised, surprised me. Hockey's been screwing things up for so long. You know, and it's like, yeah. wow, finally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good for hockey, sports during the coronavirus. We'll we'll see how uh, we'll see how things go with all these sports that are in the bubble, not in the bubble. <laughs> we'll see how long these things last. We'll see how many more players in baseball test positive. We'll see if how uh, many more players in the NFL opt out. Right, and we'll see how many uh, Blue Lives Matter flags get thrown all over the stadium. So. With that being said, uh, Tristan, thanks for coming on, as always. Oh, no um, actually, not as always. First-time guest, I think. So we really First-time guest. No worries. First-time guest for a general sports episode, general sports and hockey episode. Um, yeah. uh, great conversation, and hopefully we'll be talking a lot more about sports because they'll be able to still exist in a few months. Yeah, hopefully. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, yeah, so this is your uh, this is your this week's Living Off Borrowed Time podcast. Our outro music is Stagnating Pace by Can Kick. 
and we hope you guys have a good weekend. Time will dawn upon us.